Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan and Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey podcast people, I am back and I have a plethora of awesome interviews lined up for you in the next few weeks and months. Um, it seems like everybody is kind of getting the interviews done right now, so I'm, I'm really jazzed about this and I can't wait for you to hear today's episode because it is with one of the best soccer freestylers in the world. Indy Cowie is a boss. If you know anything about her, if you've watched any of her videos, the girl can do amazing things with the soccer ball. And I think I like nearly trip and fall every time I just watch it because I can't fathom trying to do anything that she does. It's incredible. Um, Let's talk about her accolades. She's been on TV shows, on Nickelodeon. She has Guinness World Records. She performed at the Women's World Cup at Champions League in the EPL. I mean, the girl's list of things that she's done has been, it goes on and on and on. But I like what she wants to be remembered by. That's one of the things we talk about towards the end of the podcast. But in the middle of everything, we talk everything from where she's from, how one of her dreams uh, came true, and that realization of her dream helped propel her into other things. Uh, The biggest turning point in her career and how she had to make a decision that changed the trajectory of who she was as a a soccer freestyler. Indy Cowie has so many good things to say and so many little tidbits in there of information, not only how she got over injury, but how she works to get better at everything she's doing in day-to-day life and one of the big reasons why she feels like she got injured in the first place. We talk about a lot of things. We go from here to there. It's random. It's awesome. We do a little rapid fire at the end. You're going to want to listen to this. Soccer freestyler, Indy Cowie. You guys, I'm home. I am joined by Indy Cowie, the one and the only. How are you, girl? What is up? How are you? I'm pretty good. Just chilling, you know. How are you? Yeah, I, I'm doing great. It's, it's actually starting to feel like a little bit of winter in Colorado. We got a little snow, so I feel better about that because it's weird when it doesn't snow and it's supposed to when it's Christmas time or it's the holidays. It's and... so weird. I literally just went on a run and I was in like shorts and a t-shirt. I'm like, how is it winter right now? It was <laughs> right? so weird. It was so I weird. Think, I think we're prepping ourselves for a really hard like 2018 as far as weather goes. I think we're just going to get dumped on. So maybe we should enjoy it while it lasts, but it's still, it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't. Yeah, no, it, uh, it feels so weird. It feels so yeah, weird. Yeah. So I feel like I know you because, I mean, we met once in Colorado you were yeah. at the U.S. women's game, and I met you briefly there. But, um, I mean, if anybody any, anybody doesn't know who Indy Cowie is, she's just a world-class freestyler doing things all over the world and pursuing her this passion that it seems like this kind of was instilled in you from a young age. And before we get into that, one of the things – I kind of like to mix it up with the podcast, right? Not do, okay. the, same, not do the same old thing. So. We're going to start keep, with... Keep people on their toes, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I want to start with, um, 
so maybe it's not today. Maybe we can go back to yesterday, too, or, or we could even do a week if you want to. But your okay. high and your low of the week. Like, I want to know what, what good thing happened this last week and what thing you were like, ah, oh, crap. Like, dang it. That's my low. Hmm. Ooh, this is this is a good one. I was not prepared for this. Um, <laughs> I do high of today. Yeah. I got donuts. Oh, what kind? That, that was um, plural, I think. Plural donuts. Yeah, you caught that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, one had sprinkles on it, and one was like this Oreo type one. It was, All right, that that sounds legit. It, it was real good. So that was a really like a life high and a sugar high all in one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Double high. Um, <laughs> low of today. Today's been pretty good. Um, it doesn't have to be anything dramatic. Like my low would have just been I pulled my earphones out of my bag and of course they were the most crumpled mess ever. Like why did that happen? I don't know. And that always happens more to not, me. Right. I guess my low was I couldn't find my headphones for, like, a good 20 minutes, but I got them. So. Okay. We're here. All is good. Uh, well, good high and low. I think that's a, a solid place to start off. And it's, hopefully you just had your donut, so you're feeling really, like, energetic. And, and oh, no, you just ran. So you're you're feeling good. You're feeling I feel good. good. I feel good. I had them Ready at, like, to... 7 o'clock this morning. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Um, well, you too, just uh, probably another high. You just finished up your semester at UNC, probably feeling good about um, yeah, being, I being done with school blocked, a little bit. Blocked it out, you know, exams and everything. It feels good to be done, but I kind of like <laughs> blocking it all out. <laughs> Trying to forget it happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So I, I love that. I think that's a good place to start and we can go, uh, we'll tap into more about UNC in a little bit, but I want to start earlier. I want to know a little bit more about your background, Indy. Um, okay. Where where you grew up, and not only that, but who maybe was your biggest influence on um, who you were, and maybe who you've become as a, a kid. Someone that you really looked up to or mentored you when you were a child. Okay. Okay. Yeah, these are great questions. So, I grew up in Cary, North Carolina. Um. But I was I was born in Boca Raton, Florida, but we moved when I was, like, 10 months old, so I don't remember any of it. Um, <laughs> like, literally nothing. So I basically just say Carrie. Yeah. I grew up in Carrie, North Carolina, um, and my parents are Scottish. Like, they came over when they were, like, in their 20s. So they have, like, okay. super thick accents, like, the real well, that deal. that was my one of my questions. A... I was like, yeah. wait, what are these accents? Who are these people? Yeah. Yeah, it's Where amazing. Are they like, no one understands when they come over. I have to, like, translate. Even though everyone's, like, speaking English, I'm, like, a translator. So yeah, maybe like, yeah. you know, or once my soccer days are over, maybe I have a career in that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I've just been, um, grew up in Cary, North Carolina, um, and basically lived here my whole life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so your parents, um, I'm your blanking, parents I'm blanking coming, on your questions. Oh, the question. <laughs> so, so you grew up there, and yep. I'm guessing you mentioning your parents, they they had a big influence on on you, and maybe their yeah. Scottish heritage had an influence on you, and maybe that's where you were kind of going with that. Maybe not. I don't yeah. know. But. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, no, but definitely my parents and my – I have a younger sister. She's four years younger, Um, and they – they were my biggest idols and mentors growing up. Um, mm-hmm. They were, they always had my back behind absolutely everything I did and every decision I made, whether it was, you know, like taboo or like, you know, just normal decisions. They, they always supported yeah. me with everything I did. 
Yeah. So your parents came from Scotland. Would they? Would did your dad play uh, football over there? Did your mom play at at all? Or where my did mom the love, did not play. Soccer? Yeah, yeah. My I don't dad? know if that was something that was. Who knows? Maybe it wasn't even like allowed. Like women didn't really play or. No, I think they were. My mom just. My mom did not play. She 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 likes that I'm happy, but she could care less about soccer. She's super cute. Yeah. But my dad played and my grandpa played. Okay. Um, so like as soon as I could walk, my dad was like, "Here's a ball," and I just kind of fell in love with it and kind of continued with it. Um, he was my coach when I was like in mini kickers and like super young. And then okay. when like club ball rolled around, I like you know tried out for a team and then kind of did all that stuff and yeah. ODP and all the things that you do as a club player. Yeah. So what was it about? Do you think? about soccer at, at a young age that made you think like, okay, I really, this is something I love to do. Do you remember a moment or a specific thing or a feeling that you can tap into that you're like, that's when I remember I, I fell with the game. Yeah. So I had all of these like DVDs that I used to get um, and they were like one V one skills. So I would like sit and watch these videos and then go out into the cul-de-sac and try and emulate what I was seeing in these DVDs. And then I would, like, drag my dad out there and, you know, be like, oh, mm-hmm. like, let me see if I can get this skill past you. And, of course, like, looking back, like, I was, like, eight, nine. So, like, obviously mm-hmm. he was, like, letting me pass him. But it kind of just, like, <laughs> it kind of just kind of grew from there. Um, yeah. And I think of the challenge of mastering these 1v1 skills and, like, using them to beat people in a game. So then not only being able to do it in practice, but then – you know, taking onto the pitch and using it. Um, yeah. That was so satisfying. And so so it was really your love for, I mean, it, it seems like you've always loved soccer, but you can, even before you chose freestyle over, you know, this more conventional, like, uh, aspect of, of soccer, you had that drive of mastering skill. Right. Yeah. I just loved, I loved the challenge. So okay. I was, no, it wasn't. I guess it wasn't good enough for me to just play, you know, like a eleven aside game. I had mm-hmm. to like have challenges in there, so I'd be like, all right, let me try and get the skill done. Let me try and do this skill. Obviously, making sure it was in the right setting, not just throwing it out. But like, you right. know, if the time came about, you know, and I could do A, B, and C skills, then you know that was like good for me. I was like, you know, it it was just a, a challenge. You know, how can I? get in a situation and properly use the skills that I saw on this DVD. Do you, do you remember a specific moment growing up that you're like, Oh man, I, I learned how to do, uh, you know, a triple scissors. I don't know what the skill is, but something on the, on this DVD and then you translate it to the field and you're like, boom, like, sorry, girl, I just destroyed you. <laughs> yeah. A few moments like that. There was a couple like roll steps. There was like a roll step yeah. drive move and then a roll step David Bellion, which is like you roll, the ball step over it um and then you hit it was kind of like behind your leg back uh-huh. through um and I, I i hit that in a game a few times and i was like okay this is like this, this feels really good like <laughs> right. you know yeah all the hard work you know in the cul-de-sac and training by myself paid off you can kind of feel your heart smile in, in moments like that you're like not only am yes. I, <laughs> you know it's like such a yes. deep like feeling of oh my gosh i just did that and that was amazing yeah. Uh, yeah, for so, sure, for sure. So, and then freestyle. So this is, I mean, you're getting into your teens now. I, I heard you mention stuff about like playing, 
ODP and stuff like that. And that's more like teenage years, right? Like 11 to, to 18. But in the mix of, of something in there, where did you discover freestyle? So it's funny. I mentioned these DVDs. Um, uh-huh. I had this one in particular. It was Brazilian soccer school training. So Ooh, my family, my family was back in Scotland for a family vacation. Uh-huh. And like the headquarters for this Brazilian soccer school DVD that I had were in Leeds in England. Okay. And I was like, Mom, Dad, we're over here. I need, I need to go down there. Like, I need to get to a training session and just like watch. And they're like, this is our family vacation. Like, n- not a chance. <laughs> well, I managed to convince them to go down. I was like 11 or 12. Um, and I watched this training session. Mm-hmm. And in between the water breaks, there was this kid who would, ju- who would juggle. Yeah. And he, the coach, like, could see that I was, like, you know, interested. And he was like, John, put on a little performance for her. Turns out the dude was the world freestyle champion at the time. Oh, wow. His name was John Farnworth. How old and was I he, was, do you think? Uh, I, mm, I want to say, like, 17 or 18. I can oh, find dang. that out for sure. Yeah. But I was, like, just really blown away. I had no idea. Because I juggled, but just, like, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four. Like, I had no idea that you could do tricks as well. And I was just absolutely mind blown. So then the skills like that kind of became, like, the skills I was wanting in these 1v1 DVDs. So it was just, you know, I would try and find tutorials YouTube or I think I found a couple DVDs with a few like basic skills in it and I just started trying to master those mm-hmm. um and I think when I was like 11 I think maybe just turned 12 I landed my first trick which is the around the world and I remember exactly okay. where I was I was at the soccer field like a half mile from my house and I finished the shooting session and I was just messing around and I actually got it that day mm-hmm. and I was like the feeling of like landing a trick was like like literally nothing nothing compares to it and I was like this is what I want to do and awesome. from then on I was just spending as much time juggling slash freestyle I think I was a freestyler back then because like I yeah. did like one trick but I spent as much time juggling as I did practicing myself yeah um well I know that feeling too because I think I've done the around the world once it was so good it's so satisfying yeah it was, so it, was satisfying. it was a really happy moment for me because I am not anywhere close to like being a good juggler or doing any skill things like that like I I watch you and I'm I wasn't like, I, I wasn't break. at the beginning either yeah that, that's a good, really good point that it was work and um when you talk about this like how many hours are you devoting a week then because it's probably a, it might be different it might not be different now but back in that time when you are in you know growing up you're in this adolescence age how many hours a day, a week are you spending yeah. on, on your tricks and your juggling? And so even it was soccer hard because soccer already was a huge part of my life and consuming so much time. And I was mm-hmm. in obviously in school because I was like, you know, like 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever. Yeah. So I would wake up before school started and train in either the basement or the garage. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to school. I would come home just to have, like, a meal and then yeah. go back out to soccer practice, come home for, like, another, like, second dinner, and yeah. then try and do homework. By this time, it's, like, 11 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock at night, so I try and do homework, stay up as late as I had to for my homework, and then get up and do the whole thing over again until it was, like, the weekend and we had soccer tournaments. Wow. 
it's funny, like when I, I listen to a lot of people that are entrepreneurs and um, even athletes and people that are successful in whatever they do, it doesn't actually really matter. It's they have this daily routine and it's so crazy when we're younger, we don't even understand that we really do have a daily routine and like we if to utilize all your time properly is such a skill and when you're doing something that you love like that and you create a daily routine that feels so um, really joyful for you to perform or do, do what it is you want to do in your day, it helps you like get to the things that Feel you good. want to get yeah. to. No, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a little different in the sense that I like to wake up early and I like to start off my day. I know some people need like a lot more sleep, but I can go off of like, you know, four or five hours. So mm-hmm. when people say to me, like, well, like, how do you get up at, like, 4, 30, 5 o'clock and go straight to the gym to train? Like, that feels great to me. Like, get yeah. up early, start the day early, and then, fin- like, have an awesome, like, workout, and then just set your day up awesome. Right. You know? Right. I've said awesome, like, 12 times. I obviously have no question. Well, I think it's awesome. I think it's really <laughs> awesome that you're saying that. Um and it's awesome that we get to talk about it. No, I'm just trying to make you feel a little bit better. Um, Thank you. It's, it's hard. A word gets in your brain, and you, it's really hard to get it out. So uh, no no problems there. But it is it's interesting, and I think going forward, so you you have this love for soccer and, and the skill it takes to beat somebody and that challenge on the field, and you have this love for freestyle. But I want to know what, what that moment was like, because as a soccer player, to go to the college that you went to, especially as a female, is a huge uh, accomplishment and probably a moment that you remember. Did, did you always want to go to UNC or from I, kind of I, that area? So, I did. did. Yeah. I always wanted to go. I mean, I was recruited by other schools, but when UNC came about, like, that, that was it for me. I used to play like, for my dropped. birthday. Yeah, for my yeah. birthday, my parents would be like, what do you want? I'd be like, can we go to the UNC game today? Yeah. So like it was that was it for me. Um, and what and, was that process like? Do you remember committing or, or saying you were going to go there and the feeling that it meant like th- that's kind of one of your first dreams, right? Like the, the actuality yeah, of a dream 100%. that you had coming true. Oh, a hundred percent was. It was honestly kind of unrealistic. It just it, it took a while for it to sink in and to actually. I think once I was actually there in training is when it started to hit me that they're like, this is actually happening. Yeah. Um, it's weird, like committing in high school and then like, you know, you feel like you've achieved the goal, but you're still going and taking like Spanish class at eight in the morning. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yeah, really sure. hit you until you're actually there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, I did do this. Like, right, I, right, right. That's cool. Um, so you go to UNC and maybe, um, it didn't go exactly how you would have planned. You want to explain yeah, a little bit what happened when you, you got to UNC? <laughs> yeah. So I actually only did, I graduated from high school a semester early. Oh, okay. Um, so I graduated, I turned 17 in the end of September. I graduated December. And I started at UNC that January. Right. Um, okay. So I came, I think it's called a gray shirt, is when, like when you come in this yeah, year. Yeah. So Anson was just like, let's get you in early. Let's get you training so we can get you on the pitch come, mm-hmm. you know, season. And I was like, okay, this is like the coolest thing ever. 100% <laughs> yes. 
So I have, like, luckily, like, the perfect amount of Were you still living at home, or did you move and you were in the dorms? I moved into, I moved, yeah, I moved into the dorms. I was living in Avery. I don't know if anyone, that's completely irrelevant. I've heard of Avery. I've heard of it from all my UNC friends. Okay, okay, good, good. It was was, was all right, it was all right. So I moved in um, and started training, um, and we were doing, we were doing weights and, um, the sessions were like absolutely incredible. Like I was getting pushed in ways I had no idea I could be pushed. Um, I felt like I was really growing as a player. Mm-hmm. And then we had, a, I think it was the college showcase, and I think Winston Salem. And I don't think we played half games. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was just like a. I think it was a. It was pretty sure. Yeah, it was just um, like one half. We would play one other team, and then, you know, later in the day, we'd play another half game against another college Oh, team. yeah. And it was just okay. so the kids could see, like, you know, the different colleges and get a chance to, you know, watch us yeah. in between their games. And it was like your spring training, your spring Yeah, it was games, basically like... a spring spring game. We played, like, two already at, like, Finley, Finley Fields. I think we played against mm-hmm. Duke, and uh, I can't remember who the other team was. And I was absolutely loved it. It was phenomenal. Um mm-hmm. Like honestly, I've never, I've never been pushed. Like I said, I've never been pushed like that, and I really, really was growing and absolutely just loving it. But I stepped on the pitch. Um, we were playing Clemson at this little showcase, and uh, the, this one girl was dribbling at me, and she kind of cut in. So mm-hmm. of course, I cut to follow her, and my knee just popped. Mm-hmm. And I was immediately knew that it was something wasn't right because I was looking down when I did it. So oh, when I looked down, yeah. it was just like leg, and then my knee was at a complete angle, and my like thigh was Indy, nowhere that near happened any of to that. Me too. Me too. I was defending you too. See, and I, was yeah. pushing, I was pushing off my left to go right, defending, and yeah, so I was no looking contact. down. No contact. I was looking yeah, down, same. and I was like, uh, like I think seeing my knee where it was was a like a more painful and like dramatic traumatic moment than actually what happened in my knee like that right yeah I mean it's, it's just a, 100%. it's so quick like it doesn't really hurt it's so quick it's a, such an odd movement and it's so quick but the like I still see that I still see my knee there and I'm like ooh. yeah yeah no I mean I we can get it into kind of the stuff afterwards but I knew kind of immediately that it was it wasn't good yeah. Um, I remember like our trainer came on, and then even Anne came on the field, and like the two of them helped me off. And I, Nicole, like or our trainer talked to um my parents and kind mm-hmm. of told them, and no one was really saying much to me, but like I I knew it right. wasn't good. So they, and they tried to get me on a <clears throat> in the car and on the way to the hospital, and of course okay. I wouldn't let them because I wanted to watch the game. <laughs> and then we had another game after that, and they're like, okay, you watched the one game. Can you go now? And I was like, we have one more game. Like, I'm not leaving. And then when that game finished, they're like, all right, can you get in a car and go, please? And I was like, I want to ride on the bus back with everyone. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't, we can't deal with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're no. like, where's the tranquilizer? <laughs> get yeah, no, they were, they, were, they were done with me because I wanted yeah. to stay. But, um, yeah, they eventually got me. I think I had to wait till the next day, actually, to see a doctor because it was so late. But, yeah, sure enough, I got the MRI results back, and it was ACL, MCL, and meniscus. Mm-hmm. The triad. The triad. Yes. 
the terrible so, triad. Right. Too many of us have experienced. Um, yeah. Do, do you remember the feeling of when they when they told you that that's what you had done and your immediate reaction to those words? I don't think, again, like when I was, when I committed to UNC, I don't think it actually hit me. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't think, until, so I had to finish up that semester and mm-hmm. wait until that semester was over before I had, could have surgery by the time it was swelling and then exams or whatever. Right. And so, so I like had May. surgery, right, so I had surgery the day after school finished, and um, I did PT, you know, every day for like three hours for the first three months, and mm-hmm. then by that time, once those three months were over, it was like I was walking and it felt fine to do things, but obviously, like, it's not, mm-hmm. and that's when we started back up school again, and everyone was training and practicing and I think that's when it really hit me that I was injured. I think up yeah. until then, I was just kind of trying to take it as, like, a bunch of rest days in a row. Um, yeah. And I think it wasn't until I was seeing everyone else around me playing and passing and shooting and doing the 1v1 yeah. drills and all of that that I was like, oh, my God, what is happening to me right now? Yeah. And I think those moments, too, are the hardest when you, to everybody else, you actually look pretty normal. And yeah, you, I mean, you I feel remember pretty normal. a few times, like, right after, like, the season started. So, obviously, I'm three months out from surgery. He walked up to mm-hmm. Nicole, and he's like, Indy looks good. Is she ready to play? And she was like, uh, no. We still got, like, yeah. six months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it was just, like, constantly, like, because I had the leg brace off and, like, I was walking around fine, and I could put a smile on my face. Like, everyone thought that, you know, I was good. I was normal. I could do things, which in reality Mm -hmm. is not even close. Yeah. What do you feel like the most challenging part of the process of, you know, the ACL injury and recovery was for you? It was honestly all mental. Mm -hmm. Um, I could do the surgery. I could do the PT all day long. But having to sit there and not touch a ball, and then just have my mind play games with me what were the, all yeah, day what, long was it was awful what are the games um, like what what would you what would go on in your mind when you say these games like what what do you mean i by mean that? I just had like i had a lot of like it was traumatizing for me like um I think it brought out some other stuff that you know i i used um i used exercising as kind of my my therapy, mm-hmm. you know, I would just, mm-hmm. if I was having a bad day, you know, I'd just go into the garage and I would train, I would freestyle right. and, you know, I'd feel good again. And I didn't have that outlet. So it's hard, I had to learn how to deal with my emotions and deal with things and actually feel things. And it was, it was very hard. Um, and then, you know, I had, I had nightmares along with it as well. So I don't know if you had this, but uh, you know how sometimes when you're asleep and you free fall and you wake up like free falling yeah i had yeah. that but instead of free falling my knee would jerk and i would be carrying my acl oh so i had oh. i had that for i haven't had that for a while i've it's been it's been good but for months and months and months after my mm-hmm. after surgery like i was having nightmares like that 
I actually didn't have nightmares like that, but I would, I felt that when I would, this is a really weird thing, and I still get it. I don't get it as much as I used to, but I would be driving, like, the times I really remember it, I'd be driving in my car, and I would, my knee would actually, like, or my body would remember the feeling of my knee shifting when I tore my ACL, and I would feel Mm. that same feeling, like, overwhelmingly come over me, and it would feel Mm. like my knee went, and I'd have to look down, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what? It's still there, yeah. Our bodies, like, what, our minds are crazy that they they make up those things or those fears inside of us are so deeply um, ingrained after something like this happens that we continue to think of them non-conscious, like unconsciously. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is, I never, I never, I didn't experience that while I was awake per se, but it happened yeah. to me quite a lot while I was dreaming. So I would, I would yeah. feel, I would feel that same sensation, but like wake up and I'd have to be like, okay, I'm actually, mm-hmm. I'm fine. It was a dream. I'm literally just laying in bed. I'm fine. But, yeah, I had that for I had that for a while. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things I think that you kind of mentioned is for us athletes, I think one of the hardest parts of this injury as opposed to, like, an, an upper arm or, like, an arm injury or something where you can still exercise or a, a broken leg where you are like, okay, it's going to heal and then I'm going to be better. I can, I can get back to exercising is we don't really have that. Like you can't with ACL, it's so long and you can't, you don't have that ability to exercise and the adrenaline that we so almost become addicted to as athletes that how do we cope in these moments that we are, it's taken away from us. It's very challenging. Right. And yeah. And I don't think, I think too, there's the aspect of having another ACL as well. So, like, mm-hmm. if you break your leg, you're not going to come back from that and be like, oh, you know, I'm at a higher risk of breaking my other leg because I've broken this one. That's not really how it works. But with ACL, that's kind of how it works. You know, you tear one, you're yeah. at a higher risk to tear the other. So that's always kind of in the back of your mind whenever you're doing things. I mean, even now, it's been, like, what, almost six years for me, I think. And mm-hmm. it's still, you know, in the back of my mind, if I'm going a run on a trail that's not paved, I'm like, yeah. I need to be kind of careful here, you know, with how I step because yeah, I'm at a higher risk. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's so true. It's something that I always think of whenever people are like, oh, do you play soccer anymore? I'm like, no, because <laughs> one, no. one step for me, <laughs> I take one or step. One, and one person with a silly tackle because, you oh, know, yeah. people, it's, it's hard. You know, you can't control yourself sometimes. You get excited and you just go in for a kind of stupid tackle and – so I guess right. I probably shouldn't have gone in that hard, but you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so your coping mechanism of exercise, you know, taken away from you. What, what did you find? And it probably took some work, and it probably took a lot of. You, you mentioned emotions, like dealing with mm-hmm. emotions and letting. <laughs> I don't do those, so it's yeah. very hard for me. Yeah, yeah, I tend to, I still tend to kind of not talk. So I've had, I'm better. I've learned how to talk um, and kind of express things better and kind of actually learn what emotions I was feeling um, and learn that there's more than just like happy and sad. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to to feel things and to not be okay. That was a big thing I had to learn. Because as an athlete, you're told to be strong and don't cry and don't show emotion. Walk and, it off. You know, and, walk it yeah. off and, you know. Get back on the field and you're fine. Whereas, you know, it's actually okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to know that. So if you're struggling or something's going on, don't hide it until it becomes something that you can't bear. 
make sure that, you know, you, you talk to someone and it's actually, you're actually stronger for talking than to keep it in. For sure. And is that one of the ways that you helped that, that you coped or did you, did you find an outlet in something else um, in a different form, I, I like did. a different I, art I, form I, I, or? Right. No. So I, I do realize that, you know, talking is, is a big part. So that definitely helped, but I, I realized that, you know, I, I'm an athlete and that's, you know, a good way for me to, endorphins are good. It's a good way for me to release endorphins and, you know, do things and be active. And it, that definitely does make me happy. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kept up with the freestyle stuff and I, um, I picked up longboarding, Ooh. um, which some people were kind of thought I was crazy for, but I have a lot of, I do have a lot of control over that actually. Yeah. Um, and it's very freeing. Um, yeah. music is a great outlet for me. Um, photography is a great outlet for me and I'm an art major. So anything artistic, drawing, painting, um, I may not be the best at like drawing and painting because my, you know, focus is photography, but I enjoy it and I do it. So puzzles, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I just found things that I realized if I can, you know, sit and relax and, or get up and go do things, you know, yeah. whatever I needed in that time. You know, sometimes it's not exercising. Sometimes it is sitting down, pulling out a puzzle and doing that, and that is better, mm-hmm. you know. So just you got to find things that work for you. For sure. And I think that one of the things that I've been learning is in not only through my experiences but talking with other people is it, you know, to cope through going something where you're, you're an, an outlet, a creative outlet of yours is taken away through your sport that mm-hmm. crea- creativity is something that we really do cr- crave as human beings and, and finding something that you can almost get lost in. I think that's, yeah. that's what we miss is getting lost in, in our creative outlet. Like when you play soccer, when you freestyle, you're not thinking many things except for that no. exact thing that you're working on. And exactly. I think one of the hardest things is in, in life then when you are injured, you're always thinking about your injury. So you have to find something that you can get lost in in order to free your brain of some time where you're not thinking about yourself as an injured human. You're thinking about yourself as just you. Right. And I do want to say that there's a lot of people out there who think that they aren't creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't believe that. I think the way society brings us up with school and whatever, we're it stifles our creativity a little bit, and we're taught that we aren't. But I, I do believe that everyone is creative in their own way, and people just need to keep, you know, searching and tapping into what what mm-hmm. makes them happy, and that creativity will come out. Mm-hmm. What What do you think the biggest lesson that you learned through tearing your ACL and that that tough challenge? Because that was that the biggest hardship that you really had um, had to go through up until that point. Yeah, hundred um, percent. That was that was definitely the hardest thing I had gone through. Um, mm-hmm. And I I do think it was just the biggest thing was learning to be oh learning that so, one to be okay with not being okay, mm-hmm. and two learning that I wasn't defined by soccer. Yeah. Um, soccer was something that I did. And I enjoy it, but it didn't make me who I was or who I am. Yeah. Um, and that was something because I, I feel like when I tore my ACL and I couldn't play, I was like, who the hell? Who am I? Who am I? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to do with my time. I I'm so lost. So it was just learning that you know, one activity that I did didn't define who I who I am. Mm-hmm. 
and our brains can get pretty dark pretty quickly. Like I remember oh, yeah. having some, some dark thoughts about like my worth and, and because I couldn't play. And I was like, you know, looking back now, I think it's so crazy, but it it is so easy to get down that rabbit hole of like, this is all I am, but we are so much yeah. beyond just Jordan and Indy, the soccer players. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you get through, you get through, it's, you know your next season I I don't know if you made it through at UNC through that following season you redshirted so you weren't you didn't play your freshman year but you decided um and I I heard you say this and I want you to share it with people on the podcast because I think the way that you decided to pursue one career was really interesting and uh, yeah I love I love the yeah I love the quote that you used yeah so I was, I think, two training sessions back, um, so fully back, contact and everything. Uh-huh. And then I think it was, like, exam had just passed, and it was Christmas break, or it was some, there was a, I was home for the weekend or something, but I wasn't at school. I was at home um, visiting my fam. Uh-huh. And so I was sitting in my old room at home. I think I was going through, I think it was Twitter, and I came across a quote. And it said, the man who chases two rabbits catches neither. And I, it hit me. Like, honestly, like, no quote has ever, ever hit me before. And mm-hmm. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm literally trying to do soccer. And I'm trying yeah. to be a professional. I'm trying to be a freestyler. Mm-hmm. And if I keep going along this path, I'm not going to be able to do either. Because I'm going to get something's. I'm not going to be able to – something's going to happen to me with my with my body because I've already, I think the ACL was like a sign. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to make a decision. What do, what what am I going to do here? And I think I thought about it for like 10 seconds. And I was like, <laughs> all right, this is – it's risky. No one really does this. Yeah. But I'm going to try and be a professional freestyler. Yeah. Can you th- can you put yourself in those ten seconds? Like in your brain, was it just replaying all the tricks that you had landed and that feeling of like satisfaction that you had mentioned earlier? Was that the the ongoing force that you were like, why would I leave that? Yeah, I think I think so, and I think it was. Yeah, I think I was just I was so in, I'm so in love with it, and I was like, I need to give. I think I've got a shot here. It's a yeah. risky one, but I need to just go all in and see where it takes me. Mm. So glad you did because some of the best things come after the highest risk, right? And um, yeah, since since that moment, since those ten seconds of you know decision making, that was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. I laugh when you say that because like you really you you tell yourself that you have to think about it, but you're you knew the whole time. Like if you have to think about it for yeah. ten seconds, right? You're like this is this is the way I gotta go. I gotta follow my passion. And and since then, can you describe the traje- trajectory of your career and, you know, where it's gone from then to now? Right. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, it started off when I when I first decided to just freestyle instead of playing. Um, it was a lot of performance-based stuff, um, mm-hmm. a lot of clinics, a lot of halftime shows. Um, it was, like, a lot of appearances at different events. Um, and then I put out a video shortly after and it was a crossbar challenge video and Mm -hmm. it got a million views in 10 days 
what? And I was like, <laughs> okay, there might be something here. Mm-hmm. And around that time, like, Instagram was popping up, Facebook pages were around, and then, you know, shortly after, Snapchat, Vine, that kind of, I know Vine's dead now, yeah. it's kind of irrelevant, but all yeah, the Vine was so funny, I kind of loved Vine. Oh, it was amazing. It was perfect. Um, you know, <laughs> short and sweet. But mm-hmm. yeah, so all of these social platforms were popping up and I was like, you know what? There might be another kind of avenue here that I didn't even realize. Um, so I was just like, All right, let's see, how can I how can I use these platforms to my advantage? Um, and just started posting soccer content, freestyle content. Mm-hmm. And so since then it's been a lot more uh, social media based, a lot of more like shoots and film days and creating content kind of for social media rather than appearances. So it's, it's kind of switched and I've really enjoyed seeing that change and I enjoyed seeing how like all of these video ideas and stuff that I've had um, are now coming to life through, you know, different brands I'm working with and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's so, it's so cool to see um, to to watch what you've been doing over, you know, your YouTube and your Instagram and, you know, all those things and all the people that you, give, you have gotten to work with um, who also do various types of, of freestyling or have their own YouTube shows. It's cool. It's cool. The people that you've gotten to meet, is there anything or um, any idea of yours that has been brought to life through this transition into more of like a social media-based um soccer freestyle performance stuff that you're like oh that was so like that was something that I'll never forget like working with that person or doing this idea that I had forever and the way it turned out I'm just so jazzed about it I mean I could say that about like literally all of the stuff I've been doing recently I mean I got to work Mm -hmm. with Carly Lloyd over the summer um yeah we did like I did a campaign with Manchester City um, it was just super dope. I'm working with AT&T right now, and they just helped me break um, two Guinness World Records. Um, I watched that video. Oh my gosh! Did you you didn't know your your family were doing those those videos? I had I had no idea. I was they caught they got me. I like was like you I, cried. I kept it together. I know I kept it together. Like after I broke the record, I was like I'm not I'm not gonna cry. Like I'm gonna keep myself together. And then that video came out and I just lost it. <laughs> well, that's I so completely good. Like. I think that I love that video too because I think it shows everything in you from you know your dedication and your um, to your craft and what you're doing and the hours you put in and your your how focused you are when you're doing it but also that how much it means to you and how much it means to your yeah, family no, and how sure. much like it just humanizes you you know I think because people I I don't I can't talk about all people but I know this person on the other side of the phone call. I watch the things you do, and I'm like, she is not human. Oh, I'm human. I'm very human. <laughs> very human. You're so incredible. What is the coolest thing that, um, you know, you talk about world records, but is there a trick that, maybe a trick that it took you a long time to master or yeah. something that you've done that you're like, oh, check mark, and it's like the best check mark you've ever had? Yeah, so I think that would probably be the poly around the world, which is basically an around the world, but your foot goes around three times before touching it. Oh, my Um, gosh. So I was the first female to land that ever. Um, And I was getting – it took me years. I was getting touches on it before my ACL, which when Mm -hmm. I tore my ACL was, like, part of the reason I was so devastated. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I just was, and then after that, it took me forever. I was, everything came back pretty quick, but I just couldn't seem, I couldn't seem to get anywhere close on that third revolution for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I finally did land that. So that was, that's probably been the biggest check mark as far as skill set goes. And make you feel like all that's in the past too, you know, like there was so much emotion connected to that move that you're like, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. Um, so you've gotten to do, you know, you talk about all these cool things, but um, I don't think everybody knows. Like TV shows, you say Guinness World Records, you've gotten to go to the Women's World Cup and perform, Champions League and perform. Um, I think EPL, like you performed at an EPL game, right? Yeah, it was um, Man U Chelsea at Old Trafford. Oh, my gosh. Like, if were all of those like this, or was there one moment that you like literally had to pinch yourself and say like, "Is this my life?" Honestly, it's like that all the time. Every new gig I go to, it's like that. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I had no idea that like this could actually happen. Let me mm-hmm. take like two seconds to like calm myself down and act like I'm like I'm like you know cool. <laughs> right, right. Um, I would be that way all the time. I I saw that you have played with um, Pep. And was Ronaldinho? Yeah. Have you played with Ronaldinho? I have not, but I would oh. very much enjoy that. All right, I'm sure he listens to this. And I'm sure he does too. <laughs> he'll be right on it. I um, hope he's taking down some notes. <laughs> yeah, you better be. You hear that, Ronnie? You need to be. You need to get with my girl Indy here. Um, have you? One thing that popped up when you were talking earlier about the guy that kind of inspired you, John. I don't know his last name. Farmworth. Yeah. The guy yes. that you saw that first that first day in Leeds, right? Where you yeah. saw that you could do. Have you ever got to do anything with him? I got to meet him once after that. Um, at an event, but we didn't actually get to do like any sort of performance or video together. Um that would be pretty cool. So right? John, if you're listening. I just <laughs> I, I, I was thinking when you said that, like how cool would it be an, it's to see an Indy John battle, like a challenge between you two or just like a fun. It would be pretty dope. It would be pretty right? dope. Like full circle, man. That would be amazing. So hopefully we can get that. But I want to know, Indy, like you, you've gone through a lot and now you're, you're just doing everything that you've really, and, and probably more than you dreamed. But what, what is it that you want to like, when all of this is said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? For, like, what do you want your legacy to be in freestyle soccer? I mean, I don't really do this for, like, the fame or for, like, notoriety or any of that stuff. Like, I actually really don't like the limelight. Um, yeah. So, at the end of the day, I just kind of – I just want to be known as a good person, honestly. I don't – Yeah. just doing doing tricks doesn't define who I am. So, I, I want to make sure my legacy is in how I treat Boom. people and how they remember me. That That's way. great. That's great. I love that. And I think that's, at the end of the day, the most important thing. And that is going to get you the farthest out of out of anything that you do. So good for you, Indy. And I think you're doing a pretty good job of that, too, by the way. I hope so. <laughs> uh, okay, before I let you go and, last, and ask you the, um, the last question of the day, I want to do like a little rapid fire, um, silly questions, nothing too serious. So um, Okay. Okay. 
rapid fire. Do 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 do. I need some kind of like insert uh, sound effect there, but I just do it That'd myself. That'd be dope. So, we'll, yeah. we'll get you like some cool soundbar. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's your favorite food? Ooh, I like literally everything, but um, pizza. Pizza. <laughs> Color. Blue. Who's your favorite athlete? Um, great question. I'm going to have to go with Ronaldo. Oh, you just answered my next one because it was Messi or Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ronaldo Ronaldo with, like, his little 1v1 foot skills, like, that just that just does it yeah. for me over, over Messi. That's so true. So Messi, do you, have Ronaldo. St- I have not- do you have a stance like him, like Ronaldo? Before he no, I'm definitely not cool enough for that, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's your favorite song right now? Um, Too Good at Goodbyes, Sam Smith. Oh, can't get enough of it. Have you heard Burning? Right? Yes. Oh, that's my Phenomenal. favorite. Phenomenal. Uh, what's your favorite book? Ooh. It's probably Harry Potter series. I know that's so basic. No, whatever. Do you have tattoos? I do not. I do okay. want some, though. You do? So. What do you want? Um, I have a few ideas in mind, but I need to kind of finish them out before yeah. I yeah. before I voice them. <laughs> Good. Good. And and think about it. You really need to noodle those because they're permanent. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I gotta make sure I'm like set. You know. <laughs> yeah. Who's your favorite comeback athlete? Comeback athlete. Ooh. I don't know. I have to think on that one. Can I get back okay. to you on that? Yeah, for sure. I don't know actually. What's, yeah. What's your favorite emoji? Um, the one with the heart eyes. Mm. Have you seen Star Eyes, the new one? No. Oh, I don't know if my out. phone updated properly. <laughs> oh, there's one with Star Eyes. It's so it's killer. Um, you talked about your dreams earlier, so this is a good one. What did you do? You remember what you last dreamed of, or who? If was there someone random in your dream that you're like, what? How are you in my dream? Um. No, actually, I don't. I really kind of remember my dreams when I first wake up, but I don't really remember them after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, uh, that's a, a super boring answer to like what could yeah, have been a really we're, cool we're question. Podcast over. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, if you had a superpower, what would you choose? Um, making food appear whenever I wanted. Oh, I've never heard of that one before. Brilliant. Who's your best friend? My sister. Oh, hey, sis. Uh, who's, who's your favorite teammate or maybe favorite person you've gotten to work with? I'm, I'm cool with either one. Um, I'm going to give a big shout out to Sam Weber. Oh, Hey Sam, we know you're listening. That is one person <laughs> I can tell you is listening. Ronaldinho. Sam is the so. best. Sam is the best. <laughs> um, Ronaldinho, if you're listening, maybe you. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve, um, people abusing authority. I don't know if that's more than a pet peeve, but that just really irks me. Okay. Uh, if you left for vacation today, where would you choose to go? Um, Port and Cross. It's like a little place in Scotland, like Port and Cross Castle. Cool. That's interesting. Well, it'd be, it's so cold there right now. You don't care. 
I don't care. <laughs> just want to be there. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite alternative workout that's not your sport? I think you maybe mentioned it already, but if not, longboarding. Longboarding. Running or longboarding? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to train? I mean, that's that's it. Good job. Congratulations. You made it through rapid fire. right uh do you have to train physically like are you in the gym and lifting weights and doing all that stuff to help you perform in freestyle sure like a lot of people might get mad at me and like say that what i'm saying is not true i don't really agree with lifting weights yeah um and i think part of the reason i tore my acl was because i bulked up too much in the weight room um i feel the same way Okay, cool. So I don't go anywhere near a gym. Okay. I avoid gyms at all costs. All all body weight, all Mm -hmm. outside running. I can't, like, for safety reasons, can't run on a treadmill because I just can't run, like, that straight for that long and that consistently without, like, stepping weird and, like, smashing my face. I just got a funny visual (laughs) of just your... Your toe, your pinky toe is hitting the edge of the treadmill and just no, but that, that's literally it. And rolling off. Yeah, that's they had to, like they had to save me one day in the training room because oh, I gosh. like pulled a butt muscle and then like was running funky. So I have to have that like treadmills just don't work for me. So yeah, if I'm running, it's outside. Yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting because actually that was one of the questions. I had a, a major pause earlier, and I wanted to ask you. I was like, I know I had a question, and I forgot what it was because, but that was it. The the correlation between how much you felt like you know that drastic change of going from being a mm-hmm. high school athlete to a college athlete because that's that happens a lot. The the rate of ACLs I think goes up significantly in college right. because we, yeah we were doing a uh, prevention thing with my club team, mm-hmm. um, like a warm up, and then. Mm-hmm. The year after we stopped and everyone went to college, there mm-hmm. were 12 ACL tears of the 18 kids that were on the team. Wow. So I think there's something there, but, you know, call oh. me crazy. I don't, I mean, I'm not a scientist or whatever, so yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I just think it's too, we're, we are, are we don't pr- learn proper movement patterns. So I think by teaching, you know, those prevention programs, those yeah. risk reduction I think, programs. Unfortunately, there's more emphasis on speed and mm-hmm. bulkiness and strength rather than, like, finesse and, yeah. like, learning how to, like, properly land and cut and jump and right. be an actual athlete. I think, you know, I think that's well, think a about huge this. problem. Swimmers, you learn how to swim. Like you take swim lessons. Like we never take. That was I was literally just about to say this to you. Yeah, we take athletes and try mm-hmm. to make them into soccer players. Yeah. Rather yeah. than taking soccer players and trying to make them into athletes, which mm-hmm. is yeah, well, funky. Yeah. yeah, we just take well, strong, fast people and throw a ball at their feet and mm-hmm. think that they'll be good because they're athletic, which is not in reality how things work. Yeah, interesting. Well, I'm glad we tapped into that because that was a question that came up and you ended up answering it, which was good. Um, yeah. Gosh, I just thank you for your time. I thank you for what you do, Indy. It is so... I thank you for it, what you do, for allowing me to share this too. And yeah. It's very important, so I thank you. I just acknowledge everything that you're about. You are a good person and you are doing something you are so passionate about. And what's cool is your joy is 
it radiates out of you and it is shared. It brings people to not only a new sport and a new realm of the soccer world, but it, it connects them with just you in, in the whole world of soccer. I just love what you're doing and think that you're a really great ambassador for um, not only freestyle soccer, but the sport in general. So just thank you for, for everything that you've put into this and all of the hours that you commit to um, being the best because it is sure enjoyable to watch you. Ain't no thing. Ain't no thing, girl. Last question, Indy. What does show your scars mean to you? I think show your scars means that it's okay to be completely you. No one's perfect. Everyone's flawed. And, you know, we have to embrace our, embrace those flaws and realize that those flaws are actually beautiful. They are beautiful. And I am just so thankful that you embrace them and show them every single day. Um, Every day. Every day. And talk about it. I think sometimes talking about it, um, it takes the control away from the injury and brings more power to you. So Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well thank you so much and thank you. I I think we're gonna we're gonna do a little scheming and maybe plan something that we can share with the ACL club a little bit more about your story, but um uh, start with what's that. Okay, great. Well we will talk soon. Thanks, Cindy. I told you that was going to be awesome. How cool is Indy? I love her personality. I love her demeanor. Uh, She is such a cool person and just is doing great things in the soccer world. You can check her out. I'll link everything, her Instagram, her website, and also follow Whistle Sports. She does a lot with them, and they post a lot of her videos of her doing insanely crazy cool things. Oh, I'll also link her YouTube page because she has some sick videos up there. I think she had a lot of good things to say about how she approached injury recovery and her mindset. What a cool story from Indy Cowie. So pumped that she shared it with us here at Show Your Scars podcast. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So if you liked this interview, please write an iTunes review. It takes less than a minute. I timed myself writing a review for a friend's podcast today it's quick it's simple and that way I can get feedback did you like it did you not like it what else do you want to know and hear when I interview these people your reviews would mean the world to me so thank you so much for that and remember always go out there every single day and show your scars with pride